podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello, 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 and welcome once again to ESSR Central here on Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I'm your host, Ross McLeod. And I'm delighted to say, in the midst of all the hecticness of the draft, he's been drafted back to Central, despite a strong case from David Campbell to take him as his private manslave. He is big sexy. He is John Isherwood. <laughs> That's probably the best intro I've ever had. Hello, mate. You're right. Yeah, I'm not too bad. Glad to be back to a bit of normality. Hoping <laughs> to talk about a bit of wrestling. What about yourself? Yeah, yeah, same here, to be honest, mate. It's been one of them weeks, I think, you know, and I think I've got another one ahead of me. So, yeah, good to kind of distract from it and, and talk about the grabs. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect thing to do beforehand. If you like to talk about the grabs, then why not talk with us? That's at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, the Eat Sleep Retweet community on Facebook. And if you just want to listen about the grabs and not give an opinion, keep it to yourself. Well, that's fine as well. We've got interviews, reviews. <laughs> News and on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. So, I think there's really only one place to start this week, and it is the WWE draft. They now do these drafts over over two days. I've never asked you, John, what's your opinion mm. of the of the two night draft format? I think it it, it kind of it kind of works. Just because, you know, you, you, there's so much talent to sort of move around and obviously so much goes on off screen, doesn't it? You only get like the sort of major moves, I guess, on screen and then everything else happens on like the bump or wherever it actually has to go off. And, it, you know, it does work because, you know, there's a lot of these talents who could be on SmackDown on the Friday and then pop up on Raw on the Monday. And obviously it's good for them for the for the ratings. They can just pop a rating with a Becky Lynch. You know, who obviously has been now drafted to Raw from SmackDown, yet she was still, you know, being at the top of the card on Friday, and then there she is on Monday. So it does make some sense with the way that they're doing it, I think. I, I don't know if I'm just a traditionalist or if it's just because that's what I grew up with that, it's cut, that automatically makes it better. I mean, <laughs> I get what you mean. I get what but you mean. I, you know, you, you want to see it kind of all done and dusted and, and it's out of the way. And I think this one's a little different, isn't it? Because there's like three weeks before it all properly takes effect. I quite like that because it's it now makes the TV must view because Charlotte's holding the Raw Women's title, Becky's holding the SmackDown Women's title. We've got King of the Ring, we've got Queen's Crown, we've got a WWE title match featuring someone from. Uh, someone from SmackDown, Brock Lesnar's a free agent. He could easily just go over to Raw with the Universal title. So it does make the Crown Jewel pay-per-view, which we'll talk about a bit later, and the upcoming TV a bit must-watch. Um, Without even thinking it. about it, there's a lot going on there, isn't there? Yeah, there is. There's quite a bit going on. But I, I, I do like, I'm a sucker for blue t-shirts, red t-shirts. Yeah. Brands, let me say... Battle Royals for three picks and all that carry on. You know, oh, what I mean? you've not got not got not got long to wait for that Survivor Series just around the corner. I know, I know. <laughs> um, I'm just going to read out who was drafted on the main shows. Um, uh, 
I'm not going to talk about who was drafted on the bump and after the bell and what have you. Um, SmackDown seems to... It, it seems we're in an era again where Raw needs the big stars and SmackDown will now be a testing ground for new talent. Uh, so, round one, Roman Reigns and Charlotte Flair go to SmackDown. Uh, I'm just going to go SmackDown first, then I'll go Raw. Uh, Drew and the New Day went in round two. New Day were booed when they got drafted. Obviously, people not happy. We'll get to that when we talk about the Raw picks. Baron Corbin and Mad Cat Moss, whoever's picking round three for SmackDown deserves a slap in the face. Um, Hit Roll then drafted up from NXT. Uh, Naomi and Jeff Hardy. Uh, the Usos and Sasha Banks. Nakamura and Boogs and Sheamus. Shayna Baszler and Zach. Viking Raiders and Ricochet. Humberto Carrillo and Garza. Cesaro, Ridge Holland and Sami Zayn all to SmackDown. That is a it's a very eclectic mixed bunch. It's a further down we get, it's more new people. It's more people like Cesaro and Sami Zayn and Shayna Baszler who we feel ricochet, who could be used a lot better. Yeah. And it looks like SmackDown is going back to the heyday of of 2002. Hopefully we just have a Paul Heyman style figure who knows what to do with these underused talents. You'd hope so, wouldn't you? Yeah, there's a lot of great talent on there who's not done enough yet. Like you said, you know, Ricochet's obviously the, the you know one that stands out. Cesaro, another big one right there. Sami Zayn could still, you know, star very, very well. And I think now he's away from Kevin Owens as well because that pull's always there with those two. You just want to see him continue whatever feud they've got going on. But now they've been separated. I think that's a good thing. And uh, and there's obviously one per well, there's a few that I'm really excited about uh, i'm a big fan of hit row i think they're great they connect with the crowd so well uh, it'd be brilliant to see if they can do what they did on nxt on the main roster if you will i think we could call it the main roster now i never really kind of agree with that at first but i think we can now definitely call it the main yes. roster since 2.0s began and yeah well, hit row i think a a great yeah i think b fab she's she's green yeah, there's a lot of work still needs to be done there, but I think she's a, a star in the making. There's something there. And, you know, I love the rest The rest of that whole faction, I think, is great. Top Dollar, I think, is going to be a bit of a, a breakout from those guys. And, and you know, Ashanti the Adonis and, and Swerve Scott are, are both very, very good. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. I think they're going to have some good matches with the Viking Raiders, to be honest. Uh, and I'm really excited to see how Rich Holland gets on. Yeah, me too. I was a bit disappointed not to see Pete Dunne go with him, but plenty of time for that. You know, three weeks for these rosters to take effect. Yeah, People making matches for Survivor Series, we still could see Pete Dunne up on one of the rosters. Um, Monday night, selected uh, Big E and Bianca Belair in the first round. Edge and RK Bro. Uh, Edge is an interesting pick. We don't know how long he's going to be around for. We assume there's going to be a blow-off match on SmackDown, or at least Crown Jewel. So the build-up to that will be on SmackDown. So what's he going to do when he gets to Raw? Because we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. Seth Rollins also on Raw. Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley, uh, the women's tag team champions, and Keith Lee drafted to Raw. Ray and Dominic Mysterio and Austin Theory drafted to Raw. Uh, Becky Lynch and Bobby Lashley drafted to Raw. Seth Rollins and Damian Priest. AJ Styles and Omos. Kevin Owens, Street Profits, Finn Balor, Karrion Cross, Alexa Bliss, 
Carmella and Gable Stevenson, who was a bit of a short pick there. I thought he'd show up in NXT. Uh, all going to Monday Night Raw. That is a stacked roster. That is um, that is 2002 level Raw. Yeah, there's some there's some great talent on there, isn't there? I think that's a very, very, very stacked roster and some big hitters at the top of the card. You know, I mean, obviously we go straight to Big E because he's the champ. You know, you look at Edge as well, who I don't think he'll be in there for a title match, but you know, he's he's there. Um, that's a huge one. Obviously, Gable Stevenson. You know, he's he's going to turn up at some point, which would be amazing to see. Kevin Owens, I think, deserves a at least a run at the title somewhere down the line. Um, Keith Lee still to properly break out. Damian Priest, I think, is fantastic. Um, Finn Balor, you know, I'm hearing a lot of talk from you know, from the dirt sheets and beyond that there were people screaming to get Finn Balor to Raw. They were like, no, we have, we want him. We really want this guy. You know, we can do something with him. So maybe a resurgence of, of Finn Balor and, you know, maybe dropping the demon gimmick, hopefully for a, a, a good while would do him good. And just to be what, what he was in NXT would be great for him, but that is a stacked roster without a doubt. And, and you, you know, you look at the ladies as well. Zelina's thrown in there. Bliss, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair. I mean, that's your top line feud straight away. Um, Tegan Knox floating around. That that is that is a stacked. Oh, Mia Yim, I've just seen pops up on the. I'm looking at the full roster on on uh, on Instagram right now. That's a stacked roster right there. Yeah, yeah. Mia Yim was part of the supplementary draft, so mm. she apparently was in SmackDown, then wasn't on SmackDown. Now she's, she's in been Raw. Everywhere. Yeah, she's been I, out on every show without doing anything. Yeah, apparently they don't like to separate um, couples. Yeah, which is fair. I think now that she is engaged to Keith Lee, as soon as he went to Raw, I think the the writing was on the wall there. We talked about um, Edge and about how much he could do there. Mm. Pardon me. Rey Mysterio currently not cleared due to an undisclosed medical reason. Do you think he'll just act as a manager just now, or do you think both him and Dominic would be off TV if he's not wrestling for now? I think that you know he'll definitely kind of have that managerial role. He'll be off, you know he'll he won't be in the ring, but he lends something to Dominic by doing that. You know, it, and it can kind of further that little storyline that they seem to have started already where Dominic's getting a bit annoyed at his dad's constant oh no yeah yeah you're doing this wrong you're doing it. it's like leave me alone and let me be the performer that I am and I think there's a lot more that they're going to do with that and I don't want it just to you know just kind of go down the oh one of them's going to turn on each other and it's obviously going to be Dominic who turned on his dad because I don't think yeah. Rey Mysterio could ever be a heel yeah so you're going to turn Dominic on his dad but there's something there, and I think you know, given given Ray a bit of a break from being in the ring, which is probably good for him anyway. And if he's you know, if if he's out, and he can, and he can be there, of course, obviously, if it you know, it's an undisclosed medical issue. If if he can be ringside, then that's great. But you can use him in other ways as well. You know, you could have him, you know, dropping sort of video advice in, you know, like sending him little video clips or a little message or something like on WhatsApp that he gets beforehand and, and you can see Dominic, oh, God, he's sending his message again. 
you know, yeah. let me just do, let me just do what I want to do, you know. And and there's there's a lot of uh, of good story to tell there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we usually end the show with a uh, David Campbell's question, but it's draft related, and I, I want to get your opinion on a few talking points that okay. some of the listeners and some of the group members have said. So he said, simple one this week, folks. Who do you think will benefit the most from when they've been drafted? Who do you think will get lost in the shuffle? So Jack Graham says, really looking forward to see what Hit Row can do on SmackDown. I genuinely believe sky's the limit for them. Unfortunately, Jinder has been hindered. Him and Shanky have gone to SmackDown, but Veer has stayed on Raw. What a shambles. I think Veer has stayed on Raw. I think that means the other guy from Indushare, I, I can't remember his name, um, is cleared to compete. So I think they maybe want to go back to that. And Shanky can be Jinder's heavy. Um, David Hockney says, Drew and Shane are going to SmackDown. It's probably what both of them need. A change of scenery and a new chance to break out again. Uh, splitting Teague and say which they did in the supplementary draft. It's an outrageous decision. They never even got the tag title shot at the end. I worry what may or may not they may not do with them as solo stars. Uh, Anthony Fitzpatrick said, feel like Shotzi and Tegan will get lost being separated. Strange decision considering the lack of women tag teams. Looking forward to seeing how Gable Stevenson does. Uh, Callum Bennett said, if I'm honest here, which I, uh, which I am, nobody's... Hold on. Sorry, he, Callum Bennett says, hit roll money-making machine. Uh, Gary Kernan said, there are a few Viking Raiders and Ricochet who could really benefit from a fresh start in SmackDown. I hope Tegan Knox doesn't get lost in the shuffle. I feel I fear Liv Morgan will get lost in the shuffle. She was just getting some momentum on SmackDown. And it feels like every draft KO switches shows this must be the first draft in ages that the Miz hasn't moved brands. Which is actually a good point. Uh, and Quacko said, the way things are going, I'm surprised the new brand wasn't made up called Future Endeavoured. <laughs> so, we mentioned the supplemental draft a uh, easy for me to say we're called um, they broke up a lot of teams on monday's a uh, raw talk draft they broke up natalia and tamina and tegan and shotzi so you're missing question, one you're missing one team who else did they break up Mason T-Bar, man. Oh, no, no. no. Yeah, they've done that in three. <laughs> Mason T-Bar got broken up. Yeah, I've seen, actually, I've been quite excited with Dominic Dijakovic tweeting, guess I'm alone now. Get ready yeah. to feast. I'm like, yes. But um, back to the women's division before you play. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise we were just sticking to the women then. I thought we were just talking teams in general. But yes, the women's division that have been spoiled quite heavily. You suck him. He's not well. I'll make him feel worse. I know your game. <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, Shotzi and Tegan and Natalia and Tamina being split up. Um, weird decision considering now the only team in the women's tag division is the champions. And yeah, there's, even there's literally that. no one else, is there? <laughs> no, there is not. It's weird. It's... Um, this is why, like, I, I was really frustrated. Uh, obviously, I get that 
during the pandemic and the fact that there was different bubbles, they couldn't jump, you know, in between NXT UK and NXT normal, but I mean, come on, like, we don't need an NXT women's tag division and we don't need just a tag division for the main roster. They should be going to different shows. I think I just it's so frustrating to see the women's tag division continually be a fucking a source of angst for people and this draft has has not helped. It's such a, a great idea to have this yeah, the women's tag titles. I think it's it's a great thing, it's all fine. But they do it such a disservice by doing this all the time. By you know, finding themselves some champions, having a bunch of people who are gonna take them on, and then sort of six months down the line, they'll split all you know, all the contenders up. And as you said before, you know, Tegan and Shotzi never got their title shot. And now they're not even on the same roster together. That it, it it's like they want you to forget these things. They 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 want you to ignore it. And I don't understand it. And again, I look at like the raw women's roster there, like they're probably going to start throwing a couple of these together again now. You know, Dana Brooke, who was on TV for the first time in forever the other day, you know, she's still knocking around. Obviously, she had her team with Lana back in the day. That's going, is she going to team up with, ooh, just, you know, you pick one at random. It, it, it could be Dana Brooke and Liv Morgan. Yeah, I think Liv Morgan's got a lot to give us a, a singles wrestler. Same with Tegan Knox. I don't, I don't want to see Tegan Knox in the tag team. But, there's just such a disservice on those women's tag titles. And where do they, where do they go? Like, you know, Nikki Ash and, and Rhea Ripley could just hold those forever because they've got no opponents. And, you know, when you're creating a tag team, it needs to be something special. I mean, they've had that in the past. You know, they had the Bellas. They had, yeah, I mean, Bailey and Sasha because they had what they had. They were, they were the best friends. You know, that's how it worked. And geez, they had the iconics and ditched them. You know, like I, I, I just don't get their thinking with it. I, I think it's something that they they want to put some stock into, but then never do, and just kind of forget about it because other things happen, and then they want you to kind of just you know forget alongside them that these titles exist. Yeah, no, it's, it's fair enough. It is. Uh... As a source of frustration, you just think all the teams have been broken up, or even even the people that they've released, who, you know, you didn't have to have Ruby and Liv constantly as a team. Oh, I forgot about the Riot Squad for a second. Yeah, of course. When they get back together, it'd be like, oh, by the way, you know, the tag champs are giving me a bit of hassle. Any chance you can help me? All right, cool. Yeah, and you don't have to say, by the way, these guys are broken up. It's No, these guys are are taking a break from being from chasing the tag titles to chasing individual goals. You know what well, I mean? Like, it's just like what the New Day do. I think that that's the blueprint for any kind of group that they've got. You know, these people, they're friends and they go out and do their thing. And if one of them wants to go out and, and chase some solo success, then then great. I mean, in a, in a in a sense, as we go back in the day and Paul went out for one of my favorite factions of all time, the Undisputed Era were kind of similar to that, whereas they all had their own individual goals and they came together as a collective that worked out that way. You know, there was obviously somebody who was at the top, but when it was time before the, the turn for Kyle O'Reilly to shine, you know, it happened. And yeah, th- there's ways and means around it. I think it's just a case of 
of doing it, but it looks like they're going for very simplistic kind of programming on that front where they just want you to, you know, sort of, which is why, again, they've, they've moved Kofi and, and Woods to SmackDown, which is just bonkers beyond belief. I know, and you're not really going to get the heart business. New Day feud. Um, oh, just left it on the table, haven't they? It's just that's money right there. There's three feuds you could have. You've got the Hurt Business and the New Day. The New Day and the Bloodline. Put all three of them together anyway. What the hell? There's so much that they've left on the table for just no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, throw in Skid Row as well. What the hell? I know, it's a wee bit frustrating, <laughs> but... Um, I think one of the reasons they have split a lot of the teams is because there is going to be a singles tournament starting this Friday on SmackDown, continuing Monday on Raw. Uh, The King of the Ring is back and the Queen's Crown Tournament, which I actually don't mind because I think, you know, King of the Ring, Queen of the Ring, sometimes it gets a bit lazy and then you need to call it like you need to call it King and Queen of the Ring, the pay-per-view, whereas it was going to take place at Crown Jewel. I mean, there's two crowns, the King of the Ring crown and the Queen's crown crown. <laughs> it just makes it, it, you know, I think it's nice that they've kind of differentiated it and it's a different tournament. You know, they're not attached to the hip. The, you know, the, the, there's not going to be like two thrones where, you know, like a homecoming on a American team movie, you know, where the, the, the king and queen are going to be sat next to each other on the throne because they're like the two most popular kids in the school. Um, you know, it's not going to be like that. It's it, it's nice to kind of separate it away and not, you know, they've, they've not gone with convention and calling it, you know, the queen of the ring. It's, you know, it's a good name. It's a good solid name. And, uh, you know, it's this is the jump off point for one talent. Yeah, you know, one talent can really go far with this if they run it right. Well, I'll, I'll ask you two questions because obviously we, we moaned a bit about the, the women's division and the New Day being split up, but who do you think is going to benefit most from a move in the draft? And then who are your picks for King and Queen of the Ring or King for the Crowns? Who are your picks for the Crowns? <laughs> <laughs> so benefiting most from, from the moves. Oh, let's have a look. Um I'd I'd like to say, you know, when you look at, at Raw, um Finn Balor's gonna benefit, I think, just to kinda get him away from banging on glass ceilings on SmackDown. And there's this there's a, a longer term story to tell there. They've got a, a sort of like real sort of like real you know kind of like feeling for rushing things and i really wish that they wouldn't with finn because he's over with the crowd he he does so much you know inclusively with um with the lgbt audience as well he's got such a mass appeal i i think he can be like an ultra top star so i think finn would benefit from going to raw without a doubt as a look at uh smackdown again I, th- I think Drew's going to benefit just because he's got something different to do. But I'm such a big fan of Hit Row. I think they're going to be a huge breakout. So I think they're going to be the ones that are going to going to be the ones to break out from that. As for my picks for the King of the Ring and the you know the Queen's Crown, ooh, this this is actually kind of hard. I mean, I I want Cesaro to win it because I think he deserves it. 
But then what happens to King Nakamura? Does he just become Shinsuke Nakamura again? That's the big question there. And the Queen of the Ring, I think, is going to be Shayna Baszler. Or the Queen's crown winner. And she's going to smash it. Yeah. She's going to win it and go like, yeah, whatever. Do you remember... um... I know people were annoyed about this, but it, it made little sense, I think. Do you remember Sonny Kiss replaced someone and the uh, I think it was the it was the tournament that Kenny Omega won for the number one contendership yeah. in AEW. Yep. And beat him in like ten seconds. He just battered him with a knee, hit him with a one wing angel, and that was it. And people yep. were really annoyed. It's like, well, Sonny we're, we're telling the story that no one on the main like, not main roster on Dynamite, but you know what I mean. No yeah. one on the main shows of AEW is on the roster, is on the level of Kenny Omega. So why would a dark regular, you know, be any different? I want to see Shayna Baszler have like, say it's a 16-person tournament. I want to see four matches like that. I want to see her beat the living you-know-what out of every single competitor. Yeah, because I, I think they're trying to build it like this, aren't they? They're trying to build it to be like an absolute killer Again, which this is the Shayna Baszler that we've been looking for for a long, long time. But I even thought, like on Raw on Monday, I, it was Dana Brooke, wasn't it? I think she was fighting on on Monday, off the top of my head. Um, her opponent got too much offense in on Shayna. Shayna should have absolutely destroyed her. I want to see those Asuka like squashes when you know when Asuka moved to Raw after the NXT run. I want to see those where she just comes in, absolutely dominates, and and walks out. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I I agree with the Queen's crown pick. I think Shayna Baszler, like I said, I want to see four rounds of absolute dominance. Just Queen of Spades, isn't it? I want to see exactly, exactly. I want to see, I want to see four referee stoppages. Yeah, that'd be good. As for King of the Ring, you know what? I think he's currently, you know, he's got the he's got the victim mentality. He was picked last on TV. I want to see King Sami Zayn. Yeah, that would be a, a sort of paranoid King. In a Game of Thrones style. <laughs> yeah. Proper full-on Joffrey run from Sami Zayn, I think, could be amazing. Um, heading back to the draft, you know what? Person I think that benefits the most, Ricochet. I think he has been lost in the raw shuffle. He he has been left off the past two WrestleManias. For me, for someone of his quality, that is unacceptable. He was in that stupid makeshift tag team for a while when there was no tag teams with um, Cedric Alexander. Cedric Alexander's went out and did the hurt business and you know done better for himself. Ricochet just kind of get battered by Lashley every week. And ironically, he, he lost, he, he won a match that meant the Hurt Business had to leave him alone. And since then, we've not seen him on TV. So honestly, that was the worst thing ever because he's not been on TV. So, yeah. He, he, need, he needed a reboot again, I think. I'm hoping both him and Jeff Hardy are far too popular and far too far too marketable to not be used on TV. They are, um, but here's, here's the thing with Jeff Hardy for me. I don't know whether you're going to agree with me. What's he got left to do? 
No, he's not got a lot left to do, but... There's, it, there's nothing for him to do, so you can't shove him right to the top of the card. He's got to be in that position now where I think he's putting people over, like he tried to put Austin Theory over on Raw. You know, that whole thing know, there. I think that's his, that's his, that's his role now. Super, yeah, he'll win lots of he'll win things, but uh, yeah, I don't want to see him anywhere near a title. No, 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 no. I I'm fully happy with him being like you know participant number six, first eliminated from the chamber. Yeah, participant number eight, but isn't going to win money in the bank. I'm fine with that, and I'm fine with him being like a a 2013 onwards Jericho where he puts over the young talent. But he's still on TV and he still has a presence and yeah. he's still... Oh, he's still so popular and, you know, he's he's way over. Like I said, I just don't want to see him anywhere near the top end of the card. Well, that's fair enough. That is absolutely fair enough. Um, but yeah, Jeff Hardy and Ricochet for me are the, are the ones that benefit from the move. Just having a wee look here to be serious. While you're looking at that, I'll tell you who I slightly fear for, but I also think that Maybe the, the this contract situation is remotely true. I do kind of fear for Kevin Owens a bit. Yeah, um, that is the problem with a lot of people going to Raw. He, him, and the Miz when he got drafted on the sup, supplemental draft. Mm. Um, those were the two that that worried me because. Miz is obviously off TV with the minute at Dancing with the Star. Miz and Morrison broken up, by the way. Yeah, uh, John Morrison, yeah. Smackdown. Yeah. I know they and- broke up in a few weeks ago, but still. Um, but yeah, um, Miz and Kevin Owens are my two worrying people. Yeah, the the thing with KO, uh, it's, it's just making sure that you, you give him something they can get his teeth stuck into. He's again, he's super over the pops he gets are unbelievable. He he deserves another run at the top. But there's so many people who deserve this now. And and this is where again, yeah, the, the the writers and the creative team, this is where they're earning the money now because they've got a three hour show to write all these people into and they've got to make sure that these these talents are rotating around well enough to keep everybody entertained and make sure that that nobody gets you know, kind of, kind of just stuck waiting, and and in a holding pattern before then they're unleashed again, and then rotate you back out. Yeah. It's it, it again. I think the top end of AEW is very similar. You know, when you get a lot of the, the great talent like that, but it's this is where creative are starting to earn the money. Um, couple of small stories here before we get into the bigger stories. Um, Ariana Andrew also known as Cameron of the Funky Dactyls, uh, told Res- Wrestling Inc. she contacted Vince McMahon personally about returning to the company, but it's unclear if it's going to happen. I think I can safely say I don't care if it happens. <laughs> can you imagine, just for, just for a second, that you, know, you pick up your phone and... You just sort of scroll through, and this is what you just think of, because obviously, like it, you know, if like me, you're freelance and that, and you speak to a few people every now and again, and you look at, you know, some various people that you text, and you scroll down and go, "Should I just text Vince McMahon?" <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like Monday afternoon, three o'clock, whatever, and you say, "I'm going to text Vince McMahon." How do you start that text? Hey, Vince, how you doing? Long time no speak. Lol. Happening, bro, coming out for the weekend. Yeah. What are you up to? Do you want to do some shots? Yeah. It's like, 
No, I'm in the gym, damn it. Um, but like, how how do you even think about, or, or even like picking up the phone? You know, you get really nervous about ringing certain people. You go down your phone, looking, ringing. I'm gonna ring Vince McMahon, and, and then you cut it off instantly because like you're about to ring Vince McMahon, and you know he's never gonna answer the phone. I, I picture. Do you know how that feeling you get? Like, see when you're you're genuinely unwell on a weekend day. But you work yeah. somewhere, retail or somewhere where people are like, I, I heard that uh, you were out last night, weren't you? It was Friday night last night. Were you? Yeah, was you're on the last, yeah. Oh, I'm genuinely unwell. I think the feeling of phoning Vince McMahon is like when you try to phone your work to tell them you're sick on a weekend. I think that's, they're, they're the exact same feeling. Who, who's clamoring for a camera in return? <laughs> I have no idea, but, you know, to have the guts to, like, get in touch directly, not even through, you know, anybody else, to get in touch with Vince McMahon, I say give her a give her a, a short contract. What the hell? Say do not. Quiet, John <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. That, that, is one, that is one that has tickled me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one a bit closer to home and a bit more interesting uh, Pair Talk Sport WWE planning to hold SummerSlam 2022 in the Cardiff Principality Stadium also known as the Millennium Stadium be great to see WWE back in a stadium show in the UK very much um, of course next year will be the 30th anniversary of SummerSlam 92 uh, at Wembley Stadium so there's obviously a historical significance with holding an event in the UK uh, of that scale. Now, uh, Alex McCarthy, who broke the story on, on TalkSport, is a guy I know very well. He's a good dude. Shout out to Alex. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about a pay-per-view in the UK. I did think that maybe like Wales is a bit of a left-field one. Uh, for whatever reason, because normally you just you just expect. And I think this is just a stereotypical thing that they just shoot straight for London. Yeah, that that'd just be like the instant. Oh, we're just going to try and get Wembley or you know Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or something like that. They, they're just going to shoot straight for a, a, you know a, a place in London because that that's that's the kind of UK thing that is seen. But going to Wales is very interesting. Now, obviously, they were meant to host a show in Ireland, weren't they? They were meant to take over in Ireland before, obviously, that got cancelled because of COVID. So their sort of look of, of going around the UK for doing shows is is growing. I, I would love to see it. Do I think it'll happen? 50-50. I don't know. I really don't know no. because... It is. I think they're going to go down this path where they are going to do a lot of the big events like that on a Saturday, and that looks like a pattern that they're going to start following soon. If they can do that on a Saturday and they can get the timing right, it could happen at Saturday afternoon in America, which wouldn't be too bad for them. So their audience in the states wouldn't moan so much. Um, well, for I'm the, I'm the audience in the wait till one a.m. Oh yeah, totally. oh yeah, no. we've got to wait till one AM. But yeah, you know, like the bulk of their audience, their their massive audience that they see week on week are in America, aren't they? America and Canada. So 
you know, they're, they're going to look after those times. You know, it's, yeah. I, I think like if they are going for this Saturday thing, they're going to do that, that time where they could do it on a Saturday afternoon in America and it just work out very, very nice. Um, so I'm, I'm 50, 50 on it. You know, I, I've, I think the plan would be there. And I think the conversation, let's face it, the conversation is probably going to have been had. Will it happen? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't do, know. Do you know where I go? And I know it's because they're called the Hammers and Triple H uses a sledgehammer. You <laughs> see all the publicity that Triple H has done for West Ham over the years. Yeah. And, you know, this publicity only really happened when they announced oh, by the way, we're leaving Upton Park and we're going to the Olympic Stadium. Mm. And the Olympic Stadium just so happens to host, like, is it like 80,000 fans or something like that? I think it all depends on, on the way that you can set it up. I mean, that, uh, I'm looking at the uh, sort of capacity of it now. Um, regulated capacity of it is 60,000. It's 66,000 seated, but 80,000 for concerts. So depending on how it would be set up, Oh, yeah. We'll meet in the middle. We'll meet in the middle. It's probably going to be a 70,000. I mean, what was Wembley back in the day? Wembley was around about 80,000. So, according to WWE. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, that that's another one that they could look at. I'm sure they've got a good, you know, a good relationship with, with West Ham, obviously, with, you know, with what Triple H has done. There, you know, I mean, that'd be uh, uh, yeah, an interesting one. I mean, obviously, Tottenham Hotspur was used, wasn't it, for Anthony Joshua's fight recently? So yeah, yeah. that's another one that they could they could look at because obviously that gets used for so many things now. I and mean, again, they use that for the NFL, of course, uh, for you know for the, the games that uh, the global games, and uh, they had sixty thousand for NFL, but obviously using the entire pitch there, aren't you? So. You know, you can add the seating around on the pitch for ringside. So that's probably going to knock it up to probably about 70 again, at a guess. So, you know, they've got options across I the am, country. I am surprised since, like, you know, since I believe 2008 or 2000, maybe it was a bit before that when uh, the Emirates opened. Yeah. But since 2008, the Emirates the London Stadium, Tottenham Hotspur's new stadium, and Wembley reopened. So, you know, you've had four, you've got four purpose-built stadiums for the modern era. So that, that makes me even more surprised they haven't went to London because I know you can say, oh, well, you know, Fulham's there, but that's AEW territory. Okay. And, you know, yeah, that's so going to run a show that soon. Stanford Bridge only holds 40,000 and, you know, Selhurst Park and Charlton Stadium, the Valley, you know, they... They don't hold big enough places, but I mean, Anfield's the, getting expanded. Not that I want to, you know, throw that in the mix, but I'd, I'd put Hamden in the mix, but Hamden's a dump. Hamden <laughs> isn't. Honestly, it's 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 our home ground. I will support Scotland when they play there, but the stadium is a shithole for concerts, for atmosphere, for anything. Honestly, absolute shithole. But um. If WWE want to do a pay-per-view there, then I will Take rescind it. all that and tell you it's an absolutely wonderful stadium, honestly. Modern as anything. So, from future WWE events to past WWE superstars, uh, Fightful claimed WWE 
to WWE, one of the pitches to Adam Cole involved cutting his hair short and having a new look on the main roster, sort of, if anyone can picture. Do you remember when Dolph Ziggler was quote-unquote fired from SmackDown? Yeah. And then he showed up and they'd, you know, made him undye his hair and they'd cut it short back and sides. And then two weeks later, it was blonde again and he just <laughs> grew his hair out again. So pointless. But yeah, that's sort of the idea they had, a, a short back and sides for Adam Cole. I, I, I don't get that. Like, what, what, what would be the point in that? Just chuck him in a suit and tie while you're at it. You know, it, look, yeah, who, who's this guy? Oh, he's the bloke from The Office. That's that's Adam Cole's <laughs> new gimmick. Nah, it, it just wouldn't work. I mean, like the, Adam Cole's look is part of his gimmick. It you know it it fits him, and it just it just wouldn't work. I mean, like you know the Panama City Playboy looking like he's just walked out of you know doing a nine to five with a you know not even in a corner office as they would say in the states. Yeah, it is. It just wouldn't work. And if that was, hey, that, that's just one of the pitches I'm sure was there. I'm sure that was just one of them, but that was probably one where he thought, better get on the phone to Cody, you know, because this is not good. Uh, from one former WWE superstar to another, uh, Braun Strowman apparently impact in AEW, both making big plays for Braun Strowman. Uh, just me personally, but I think he should go to impact, I think. I think they put the belt on him in Impact. He can run. He can rule that company for a long time. Yeah, he'll he'll be the big star in Impact. If you throw him in there, I think in AEW he comes in as an Impact player. No kind of you know funny joke there or anything, but he comes in as a you know a, a sort of big hitter like oh wow, and then he you know he he doesn't get close to going anywhere near Omega Danielson or anyone else. But you put him in Impact, and he's a cornerstone of your entire brand, and he's a huge name superstar to bring in. You know, with a lot of fans, he's he's got a good rep. You know, he, he's built himself up well. He stands out a million miles. Yeah, he should he should go to Impact. I I could understand his, the you know the appeal of him going to AEW, but I think Impact would be a boost for his career and then you know the forbidden doors open isn't it as they say you know if he wants to to make that venture to aew you know the the, the doors there he could walk through it i think if he goes to aew i think he gets the brian cage treatment yeah and this isn't a wwe versus aew thing because obviously it's impact versus aew here but I've seen a lot of people really unhappy that I believe it was his wife. I, I don't know if she's a wrestler in her own right. I, um, but his wife was saying, I know how talented he is. His fans know what he can do. So in our eyes, he's being underutilized. And then you had like, you know, people with a Twitter handle, AEW lover 114. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, if your if your guy was in WWE, he'd be getting booked uh, worse. So just shut up and enjoy yourself. And you're like, fucking hell, calm down. People are allowed to not be happy with AEW. Like, yeah, you you are allowed to criticize it. And you know what? Even though they're on an absolute flyer right now, they're doing some fantastic stuff and there's some brilliant matches. 
But my word, you know, they've they've dropped some clangers. And it's it's all right to call them out. It's fine. Because hey, guess what? WWE does the same thing. No, it doesn't, damn it. <laughs> Everything we do is great. Good shit all round. Um well, from one McMahon to another, Shane McMahon, uh, I spoke about this last week with Adam. Apparently, Shane McMahon is no longer involved in any WWE creative decisions, and apparently he is still in a under an in-ring contract, but he's no longer seen around the WWE offices. What do you make of that? I about to say, he'll be back for WrestleMania, so... <laughs> yeah. Um yeah fair i mean i know he's got some other business interests and other things that he does and you know he did take that very long period away from the company to do his own thing and yeah fair play to him uh i, I think he can you know he, he can go off and, and do his thing he doesn't need to be attached to the company i think it's it's not in it's not as much in his blood anymore as it used to be i think i yeah i'm i think he's seen like that there's these other opportunities that he can take in with passion zone. He's a massive sneakerhead. Uh, I think he's got something uh, that he does along along with sneakers and, and and footwear. He's got all these other passions that he can explore, and he doesn't have to be kind of attached to the the family company. Whereas, like, yeah, I think Steph is completely engrossed in it, and she's rightfully well and truly in there. But I think Shane, yeah, do his thing. But he'll be he'll be back for WrestleMania or something stupid like that. He'll be jumping off something really huge soon enough. They had a pirate ship last year and they didn't jump off that. And quite frankly, it was outrageous. Yep, Kevin Owens <laughs> um, wanted to and he didn't do it. You know, it's it's unbelievable. Um, moving across to New Japan quickly, uh, we won't go too much into this because uh, Scott and Grant have their bi-weekly East meets West and obviously they're covering the G1 at the minute just to let you know the current standings in A block, uh, Zack Sabre Jr Great Okan, Kenta and Kota Ibushi are on 8 points Toro Yano is on 6 points uh, Shingo is on 6 points, Tomohori Ishii 6 points, Takahashi 4 points, Tangaloa 4 points and Naito withdrew from the competition and is on 0 points in the B block, Jeff Cobb and Okada joint top with 10 points. Evil with uh, 8 points. I'm not shouting David Campbell. My throat's in bits. <laughs> Tanahashi on 6 points. Sanada on 4 points. Taiji on 4 points. Yoshihashi on 2 points. Tamatonga on 2 points. Chase Owens on 2 points. And Goto on 2 points. So, I, I mean, I feel like I'm on match of the day here. I mean, the European places are still up for grabs, but it looks like we've got front runners for the title in both blocks. <laughs> yeah, somebody could get in the Champions League places there. Uh, I'll tell you, I've seen a few. I've not had a chance to watch much of it yet, but I've seen a lot of highlights on on social. And like, if you're down for your catch wrestling and and you know some hard hitting stuff at times, and if like me, you love you know seeing how people get in and out of holes in reversals and stuff like that just watch some of this because there's some absolutely beautiful transitions that some of these guys are doing and and there's some incredible smooth wrestling in in the bits that i've seen fair enough Uh, and if you want to hear more in-depth analysis and more reviews then east meets west as our home on each sleep suplex retweet of all things japanese wrestling hosted by scott and grant uh, we'll move over to AEW for a wee minute. Uh, a few stories there. Kira Hogan, who apparently, according 
to some sources had signed with AEW full-time is apparently not on a full-time deal. Uh, according to Dave Meltzer, unless it's posted on social media as someone being all elite, then they are not on a full-time deal. They're on a pair appearance deal with the company. Uh, what do you make of that? Obviously, the AEW women's division is going from strength to strength. And Kira Hogan as a big-time player, a fan favourite. Do, do you think... And, uh, sorry, I was going to say Impact. Do you think AEW should be making a play to make her a full-time talent? Well, maybe there's someone like that who, you know, you could bring in properly down the line. Because if you look at, as you say, you know, the talent they've got there right now, and it, it is getting a lot better. And, and the the women's division is really on a flyer at the minute with the likes of uh, Ruby Soho turning up and really turning things up a notch. Britt Baker's still got so much to give. I really, I, yeah, I know she's not done much, but I think Anna Jay's coming on leaps and bounds. Um, there's some good talent in there. Maybe, maybe this is the thing where you could go, well, okay, well, look, you know, we've, we, we want to use you and, you know, we want to use you, but I think you're going to be a star in the future. If we put you in now, you're just going to get lost in the mix, which again, it's kind of like, you know, Thunder Rose has had a couple of like really good standout matches, but I know she's got a lot more to give. So I think maybe with like Kira Hogan, as you said, big fan favorite, it, it works out nicely. They could bring her in properly later down the line, but give her that airtime now and say, look, yeah, we obviously we think you're really good and things are going to turn out well. Just just stick with us and keep coming back. And if they give you that taste and then give you a full-time contract down the line, yeah, she's going to be happy, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um... I've only seen some of her work in Impact, so I couldn't go into too much detail, but I think she is. She's got an interesting look, really athletic wrestler, and yeah, I think if you get the chance to get her on your roster, I think you take that chance, and I think maybe WWE and Impact, if they know that she's not in a full-time contract, maybe they make a play, try to get her from under the noses. They make it, They try, could try and make a play for it, but if she's somewhere and happy... And, you know, she's been given a promise of something down the line, which, you know, she can hold these people to. Then, you know, I think you stay where you're happy. Yeah. Um, from one AEW story to another, um, sources told Cassidy Hayes of Bodyslam.net that Cody Rhodes apparently doesn't really have much of a relationship anymore with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Um, I'm not surprised there, I think. I'm sure the guys are friends, but I I said it for the beginning that I thought Cody Rhodes attached himself to whatever was hip and cool at the time, which was the Bullet Club, attached himself to the elite, attached himself to that you know he he used them to get people in the door for you know all in, and now that they've got the company together and the company's up and running. They don't really have to have much of a relationship, and I'm not surprised that Cody's back doing his own thing. Yeah, I think it's it's fine for him to do that. And yeah, I'm like I said, I'm sure they're not like yeah, not talking to each other backstage or anything like that. You know, there's no animosity in this whole thing. But yeah, it, look, it's it is what it is. It's cool. And uh, yeah, from what I've heard, that Tony Khan's taking a lot of the the booking responsibility now. He's the guy who's kind of like holding 
caught at the top. So, you know, those guys are in their executive vice president roles or whatever it is that they've got. And I know Kenny Omega is very heavily attached to the gaming side of it with AEW games. So he's got his speciality. And in that case, he doesn't need to be involved with, you know, the booking or, you know, bringing talent in or anything like that. And, and, you know, they've been bringing the likes of, of Paul White and Mark Henry in to, to look at talent and get them through the door, you know, to take yeah. that weight off. So, yeah, I'm, I'd like to say, I'm sure that, you know, they've not had some giant falling out and they all hate each other, but... No, no, it's absolutely yeah. sure. We're going we're gonna to start a gossip, all right? Start the rumor, Quarantine. yeah. I'm sure that, they're, yeah, they're all absolutely fine. It's just that I think the roles have now have changed and you'll get a lot of those kind of like EVP roles in companies that are just tiles more than actual roles. You're, you're not listening, John. Cody punched Nick. Matt, like, <laughs> Matt Jackson threw one of his expensive trainers at him. Omega then tried to knee Cody Rhodes. He ducked again. The coward that he is. They hit Brandy Rhodes. Brandy Rhodes hit four people. Took six people to take her down. She was mental. Honestly, it, 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 this like is all from a, it's all from a well placed source, guys. Sounds but, like a um, there. <laughs> uh, from we'll jump into the the AW Dynamite two year anniversary in a minute, which is at time of recording tonight. By the time the show's released, it will have aired. Let us know how it was. Um, Tessa Blanchard, according to Fightful Select, confirmed for the relaunch of the Women of Wrestling sh- uh, promotion. Uh, not seen much of Tessa Blanchard during the pandemic. Uh, held up the Impact title, uh, was stripped of the title just as she was getting going. A lot of allegations about Tessa's past and past behaviour towards certain wrestlers. But she's she still is a history-making draw and women of wrestling have apparently decided to bring her in. She's on the website. I had a look at it before and she, you know, she's featured on their website. So I'm going to guess that that's a... You know, a an indication that you know that, that she's there. She's she's second uh, on the on the site, just below the women's wrestling world champion. So I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that she's in. Yeah, you know, that, that the rumors are true because even though there's nothing on their social media, you know, she's heavily featured upon their website. So I'm gonna guess that that it is accurate um yeah i mean obviously we've seen everything <laughs> that happened and uh, uh you know all the the sort of allegations the rumors um you know uh, they they put her over big in impact and yeah she was a she was a a really interesting story there has everything soured it probably um yeah i mean this is one that's not like massively on my radar of, of of any form of excitement whatsoever. Nah, um, I'm just actually looking at the at the roster just now. Um, mm. It's very much like, oh, there's Kaylee Burchill. She's going under yep. the Tetris. I think one of them. Maybe, no, it's not Melina. Um, 
but yeah, um, it's sort of like glow. Looking at this, some of the characters, <laughs> it does look a little a... bit like that. There's Santal and Garrett there, of course, X of NXT. Yeah, uh, it does. Um, it does look a little glow, doesn't it? It's actually interested me a bit more now, actually, now that it's Jessica Havoc, well-known to UK fans. Uh... <laughs> this is actually quite cool. Some of the characters here. Guys, go on to womenofwrestling.com. They call their uh, wrestlers, instead of superstars, they call their superheroes. And some of the characters here are quite cool, actually. I'm, I'm actually going to watch this. This is quite interesting to me. <laughs> Uh, the the disciplinarian, that's uh, the, the the authoritarian school teacher right there, um, with the, the with the uh, the paddle, um, uh, the, the the sassy massy, it is very glow, isn't it? The Dixie Darlings, um, and then of course there's there's Teal Piper, Roddy pa- Roddy Piper's daughter. <laughs> yeah, there is. It is quite. Adriana Gambino, hailing from New Jersey, New York, no other different states, values loyalty about above everything else. That's a mafia character. That's basically the, the character we saw debut in NXT last night. Yeah, I, lo- I, I absolutely love the fact that he tried to bribe the ref straight off the bat. That was brilliant. Complete, sorry, complete side, side note from what we were talking about, but he tried to bribe the ref and that was just incredible. Tony D'Angelo, legend already. I've tried to remember his name there for a minute. Well, it certainly looks an interesting promotion. It certainly is a very character not, not heard of before. So, like, I mean, it's it's obviously like you know got a, a fairly big reputation, but I've never, uh, I've actually never heard it before. Um, and if you do get a chance to see this, uh, Jimmy Hart was involved in this back in the day. Um, Wrestlelicious. If you want anything that's like glow, just look at that on YouTube. So yeah, Women of Wrestling featuring Tessa Blanchard, a really, a really interesting promotion. Basically, focusing a lot on the character aspects. If you like glow, I've got a feeling you might like this. This might be right up David Campbell Street. Yeah, but, it's interesting. It's um, interesting from. Uh, women in wrestling to dynamite dynamite's two-year anniversary see because this launched like near the end obviously october 2019 was when dynamite launched and obviously in 2020 the world went to shit 2021 we're getting back to a bit of normality but because wrestling feels so insignificant in the you know in everyday life that we've had to deal with in the past two years it feels like those two years have just absolutely flown in. Yeah, they've disappeared, haven't they? It's been unbelievable. It's been so quick. And, you know, congratulations to AEW on, on two years of being on TV and, and you yeah, know, putting putting some good stuff out there and, and doing what they did, you know, at Daily's Place during the, the pandemic. They've, they've gone through a, a fair bit. And, you know, now as they're entering the second year, they're uh, they're hitting it pretty hard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a big card for tonight's uh, tonight's Dynamite Anniversary Special. You've got the Elite, Adam Cole, uh, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks with Don Callis taking on Brian Danielson, Jungle Boy, Luke, Chisaurus, and Christian Cage. Uh, 
Uh, Hikarashida versus Serena Deeb. That'll be an absolute cracker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sammy Guevara, the new TNT champion, taking on Bobby Fish, walking through the forbidden door uh, in his first title defence. And the casino ladder match, winner receives a world title match. Pack, Andrade, Orange Cassidy, John Moxley, Matt Hardy, Lance Archer, and the Joker. I'll ask you straight off the bat, <laughs> who do you think the Joker's going to be? Oh, I don't. I I kind of don't want it to be somebody, you know, that they're bringing in from WWE or whatever, you know, or, or a free agent. I I know this this is a name that's been banded around, and I actually quite agree with it. Um, Hangman Page. Yes. Yeah. I like to see Hangman Page in there um, because obviously he was meant to get that title shot. He disappeared. Uh, obviously, his wife, I believe, gave birth. Um, He's been off TV for a bit, and this is, you know, comeback season part two, isn't it? For, for yeah, Hangman. Exactly. I think that'd be be a good one for him. Uh, but yeah, yeah. obviously, the, you know, the, the obvious answer that people go is, oh, it's going to be Bray Wyatt, isn't it? <laughs> um, I am going to go because eventually I'm going to be right. Um, whenever we do a sweep or predictions or whatever for a mystery partner, a mystery opponent, a mystery entrant or whatever in a match, a mystery bodyguard, who's going to be the special guest referee, I always guess James Storm. (laughs) Yeah, why not? I've done it since 2018 and I'm going to keep bloody doing it. I'm going to say James Storm and one of these days when it's the 800th time I've guessed it, it will be James Storm and I'll get to be smug that day. Yeah, one day it'll happen. Somewhere. One day at a time, guys. One day at a time. Um, what do you make of the the rest of the card? It's good. Um, Guevara and Fish, uh, I'm looking forward to, because that'll be a really good, really good sort of clash of styles in a way. You know, very technical, hard-hitting stuff from, from Bobby Fish. And, you know, Guevara will be doing what he does, and he can fly around a little bit. Uh, obviously, you know, they're not going to take the title off Sammy now. But I remember Bobby's debut on, uh, on on NXT and he lost that as well. So, you know, I don't think Bobby loses anything by losing. So I think that's pretty no, cool. Um, the Elite and, uh, and Danielson and uh, Jurassic Express and Christian Cage, I think the Elite will take that actually. Um, yeah, this is going to be the one where they're going to get their their one win in this probable feud. Um, but again, it's going to be a cracker and, you know, there's some good matchups in there. I want to see Brian and, uh, Brian Anderson and, and Adam Cole go at it. I think that'll be good. I think you'll see a lot of Kenny Omega trying to stay away from Brian Danielson in this. And, and that'll be interesting to watch. Um, Hikuru Shida and, uh, and Serena Deeb, as you said before, that's just going to be an absolute cracker. Two standout female talents who are, who are going to just go at it, and I think that'll be a great match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm looking forward to the Elite. I actually think Brian pins Omega in this. I think Omega spends the match getting away from Omega, uh, Danielson, and uh, he ends up taking the pin. And that's the right. You've never beat me, but I pinned you. Like, yeah. starts to get under the champion's skin, leading up to the the eventual rematch they will have for the world title. Um, casino ladder match. I don't want to see Orange Cassidy win it because I think 
I like Orange Cassidy. I don't mind seeing him in title matches occasionally, but I think it's a waste having him win this because I don't think they're ever going to put the world title on him. And to be honest, I don't really think they should. I, I find him an entertaining yeah. character. He's not oh, a world yeah, champion. But he's got a place. <laughs> yeah. He's got a place and it isn't in the world title picture. Uh, whereas he's fine to have that one-off match every now and again, you know, where everyone can kind of get behind him. He doesn't lose anything, you know. Get uh, he's not, yeah, you know, ever, yeah. You know, no matter how talented he is, he's not a world champion. And yeah, there's 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 no reason for him to win this. No, no, absolutely, I, I agree with you. Um, look, looking at this list of people, Pack, we've seen Pack in Omega before some great matches and Raddy we saw that in Mexico but it was a bit of an overbooked mess mm-hmm. uh, John Moxley we've seen multiple times Matt Hardy much like on Cassidy Matt Hardy I think could have been a world champion and he has been a world champion in Impact and ECW but he's not going to be AEW world champion anytime nope. soon and Lance Archer I don't think he would win it. So I think, yeah, the Joker, the Joker is the best one to win it. And I'm, I'm with you. I think it should be Adam Page. Yeah, I think that's just, a, for me, the the most sensible option. Uh, obviously, you know, you get someone in on your second anniversary, uh, you know, for, for a big pop. But, you know, you don't want somebody just walking in from WWE or NXT or wherever uh, and instantly kind of taking over. I, I don't think that's, you know, necessarily, you know, you could argue that's kind of what Brian Danielson and Adam Cole have done, but I, I don't think you need somebody to come in and do this when you've got established talent there who, you know, you want to put over anybody who's coming in now, you know, neither of those, you know, Cole or, or Danielson or whoever, they're not fighting for a title in an instant. You know, they're not doing it instantly. They've got to build themselves up in that audience and reestablish themselves, which is what any new talent should do. But when you've got someone like, you know, Hangman Page who's not had his opportunity yet for the world title, you know, he's he's not had that, that match that he's been building towards because he had to go away. He's the kind of person who goes in there and goes, right, I need to take this back now. I need to seize control of my destiny and uh, and run with it from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we move on to uh, just a quick preview of the four Crown Jewel matches that were announced this week, um, on his own podcast, Kurt Angle said, in his opinion, the only person that was better in the ring than Shawn Michaels and himself was Chris Benoit. Um, Chris Benoit, obviously controversial figure, rightfully so. Um, as mentioned by WWE, again, can understand why, but do you agree with them that Chris Benoit, if if there was a better person than Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle, it was Chris Benoit? An incredible talent. Um, obviously, very, you know, very disturbed in the end. A great talent. Uh, I mean, for me, I'd put Shawn Michaels right near the top, uh, if not the top. Uh, Kurt Angle was... Yeah, was up there too. Um, yeah, you'd have to argue that he'd be up there. I mean, you know, being the best, I don't know, but I think you'd have to argue that he'd be up there. You know, you, you still got to, even despite his recent 
controversies. You know, Ric Flair still stood out for every reason. Yeah, there's a lot. And and for me, you know, growing up watching him, I thought Bret Hart was a genius. So, yeah. you know, for me, yeah, I, 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 I enjoyed watching him in the ring. Um, obviously, you know, what he did, I've got, you know, absolute contempt for, you know, that's, you, that, that was awful. But yeah, that's, it, it's, it's a difficult one to kind of talk about, isn't it? Or think about because it's, yeah, you, know, you have that history there, but yeah, and you look at his body of work, and you know how good it was. Yeah, um, I think. Would you call? I think. He, I think he is talking about people he was in ring with, Kurt Angle. So yeah, yeah. He, I, I, I don't think you can say they had some classics. You know, no, he, I don't think you can say no. He wasn't, you know, one of the best. I think. I think a complicated issue for some people separating the wrestler from the man. That's, you separate, that's the issue. And yeah, I, I get it's not easy for some people, but separating the man from the body of work, he had a, a great body of work and was a great in-ring talent and did pride himself on being one of, if not the best. So I, I think every so often when people mention Benoit, I think that the tricky thing is, you know, he was a friend to people that he worked with. So people still have that memory. And then obviously he did what yeah. he did and they were you shocked as well. Talking about him, don't you? It's, it's, it's hard, I think. Yeah. yeah, when you, when, you know, obviously neither of us knew him. Um, yeah. And all we can do is, is talk about what we saw on the television or, you know, maybe live if we got to see him live. But um, yeah, it's, it, it's hard and Alexa, I see where Angle's coming from because I think yeah, when they had some they had some great matches together, but um yeah, I I, I get where he's coming from. Yeah, yeah. I think like I said, we didn't know them so we can separate the man from we can say right, I we hated him. Mm. But he was a good wrestler, whereas it is complicated for people who did know him. You know what I mean? But yeah. anyway, we'll move on. Some less controversial things, like a Saudi Arabia WWE pay-per-view. How about that? Because that's never controversial. Not at all. Uh, weirdly enough, four matches announced and four matches that look like absolute belters. Um, a triple threat match for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. Sorry, Be- Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, both on Raw now against Sasha Banks. Uh, RK Bro against AJ Styles and Omos. Drew McIntyre versus Big E, uh, Goldberg and Bobby Lashley in a no-holds-barred match. And after breaking into Edge's home this past week, you've got to think that Seth Rollins' Edge is going to be added to the card sooner rather than later. He drank orange juice straight out of the bottle, man. I mean, (laughs) ultimate disrespect in somebody else's home. I know, disgusting behaviour, despicable behaviour. Uh, four good, four good matches there, and yeah, like I said, there's pro- the probability of of Edge and, and Rollins being added is is there. Um, I, oh, I th- this is the strange one because you can you can see the the possible request coming in because it's it's Brock of going just whack a title on him, but I don't think they will. Um, I think that the, the, there'll, be a screwy, there'll be a screwy finish. 
it'll be a title yeah. oh. and, and Roman will walk away with the title because I think if they're gonna if they're gonna change it, they're gonna change this one at um at Survivor Series or Rumble or something like that. Well, last time these two fought in Saudi Arabia, um it was the screw finish where they speared each other through the door. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't I just can't see yeah I, I just can't see a switch here because I think yeah Roman's still got to be very strong and there's a the whole Paul Heyman thing which I, I don't think you can you know wrap up now there's too much more to tell there so I think even yeah despite possible yeah political pull of of having that switch in Saudi, I don't think they're going to do it. I think Roman will walk away with the title, but it will be a complete screw job finish. And, and, you know, the bloodline will be involved and, uh, and Heyman and it'll all go off. And yeah, I think you'll, you'll see at the end of it, Heyman getting F5. Yeah. I think that'll be the, the send the fans home happy. I see this, that's a DQ finish in favor of Brock. Yeah, totally. He'll win the match, but he won't take the title back. And, and that'll, you know, that, that change may happen come, Survivor Series, depending on what they're going to do with, yeah, you know, with WrestleMania and if they've got anything sorted for that main event, Brock's kind of give himself a little out by saying, I'm a free agent now. I can do what I want. I can go where I like, you know, he could strut his way onto Monday Night Raw and, and go straight for Big E. So there's many paths you can go down with that and, and a nice little escape for, uh, for yeah. Brock. Um, RK Bro versus AJ Nomos. I thought it was quite a fun opener to SummerSlam. I look forward to it again. But with some of the teams that have been drafted to Raw, Street Profits stand out amongst those names. I'm looking forward to to seeing maybe Street Profits versus RK Bro. And yep. I don't know what happens to AJ Nomos after this. Does, does Omos just go back to being AJ's heavy? Or they, do they pull the trigger far too soon and send Omos out on his own? I think Omos has still got a little bit to learn. And, you know, having having him attached with AJ is actually quite a good thing. I wouldn't mind. I know AJ's kind of gone on social media and, and he's said, like, you know, there's there's lots of people I don't like on Monday nights, but you're all right with, with Finn Balor. You know, and he's, <laughs> you know, they shared a little picture of, uh, of the, the two of them. Uh, I... I want to see a, a Finn Balor, AJ Styles match again. The one that they had on pay-per-view when it was a demon and AJ and AJ flew in, obviously when, you know, when there was a load of people sick uh, at the time he was meant to fight Bray Wyatt. I can't remember exactly what pay-per-view it was now, but I watched it the other day. Um, that yep. was a hell of a match. And yeah, I'd love to see that again. So you know, and, and there's so much history between the two of them. And obviously with almost being there in the corner, you know, he's, he's, he's a great heater because he's just such a, a, a an imposing figure. Um, but yeah, I think, I think even just giving him that, that break out of the ring might do him a little bit of good as well, you know, because just give him time to kind of still feel his way around. Mark Henry, I know is very sold on him. And, you know, Mark Henry was saying that when he was at the, the PC, you know, Omos has got it. Yeah, you know, and he was saying he will he'll succeed. He'll he'll do well. Um so yeah, I mean I could see RK Bro retaining. Yeah, and, and 
yeah, they've still got so much to offer. And like you said, put them and the Street Profits together. We'll have some of that. I know people will hate me for suggesting this title, but I want to see AJ having a breakdown uh, after after they lose at Crown Jewel. I want to see him having a a breakdown and saying, I should be a champion, I should be a champion. And then Big O' Moss just chokeslamming, grabbing Reggie, who just happens to be walking by, (laughs) chokeslamming him, and then AJ pins him for the 24-7 title. Yeah, that would be interesting. The 24-7 title, I'm sorry, it was a fun idea at the start. It's dead now. It's not taken off the way WWE wanted it to. It's nothing compared to the hardcore title. What oh, if AJ Styles had, you know, because there's a lot of interesting people to work with on Raw. Yeah. What if AJ did an open challenge every week for the 24-7 title? And while he's walking about backstage, well, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt that when everyone's gunning for you, you have a seven foot three, four hundred pound behemoth watching your back. Very true. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. He's never going to lose, is he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just looking through again now on um, uh, on WWE social because, like, you know, you can tell the the things that they look at, obviously, on their social media when it comes to, you know, the, the, the views. And some of the most popular stuff on TikTok has been Reggie. Really? Because he does flips and shit like that. Yeah. He? He does all that, but they love it on, you know, like, you know, there's so many huge numbers for videos of Reggie on there. And, yeah, it, it's only kind of equal by the likes of of Roman Reigns. Yeah. And, it, you, you know, you can kind of see where, where they've got a, a sort of hook with that. But I'd like to see AJ run with it. That could be, a, that could be good fun, that. Figured love it. It won't happen because they always have guys like. They'll never you know, think of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. That's why I'm so smart. Smarty, smarty, smart. No, um, uh, two more matches to discuss. Both both matches feature big meaty men slapping meat. Yes. We've got Goldberg versus Lashley in a no holds barred match. I don't mind Goldberg. See, as long as he's not in the WWE title picture, I don't mind who he fights. Oh yeah, um, now there's no title on the line. I'm like, Pah, what? Anything could happen. Don't care. Yeah, and plus, like, it's maybe it's the nostalgia. Maybe it's just because I'm old. But I, I like that Goldberg's back. I, I like Goldberg. But he's he's got he's got value though. You know, like he still gets a pop, which is a crazy thing. He still gets mm-hmm. a pop when he goes out there, and you know he's got a recognizable name. People still going to go with it. Yeah, he adds value to a show. Yeah, no matter what we think of him being unbelievably sloppy in the ring. Yeah, but I mean, he was always, you know, people think this is because of his age. He was like that in Nitro in nineteen ninety nine. Oh yeah, yeah, brutal. He he was brutal at times. Yeah, I mean, like some of the stuff on Nitro back in the day, he was he was lethal. Um, and the other one for the WWE Championship Drew McIntyre is a thousand motorbikes drive by my house there thanks for that guys uh, Drew McIntyre uh, versus Big E for the WWE Championship seen a lot of people complaining online that you know Drew had the whole couldn't challenge Lashley for the title clause 
Now that Lashley doesn't have the championship, the first real challenger for Big E is Drew McIntyre. I don't have a problem with this. It's a Who fresh match. That, that's the thing. Put it this way. It's a fresh match. It's it's on a big stage. It's a proven main event on Drew McIntyre. He's going to move to SmackDown. He's not taking the title with him. No, not a chance. So Big E gets the big win over the guy who main evented WrestleMania two years ago. The guy who opened WrestleMania this year. You know, the guy who's a two-time WWE champion and led the company through the pandemic. You know, he, he gets the big win. Drew goes over to SmackDown. Drew starts afresh. Big E starts afresh on Monday. So yeah. I, I this is the perfect matchup. Yeah, it's all good. You know, the, like I said, Big E will win and he'll look good because Drew will put him over well. Drew doesn't lose anything <coughs> from it. He goes to SmackDown, happy days. He starts to build himself up to take on Roman at some point, which I'm sure he will do. Um, maybe that's like, maybe, maybe you know, this is the sad thing that Drew might not, you know, take that title because it looks like Roman's going to roll with it all the way through to Mania, whoever that's going to be. But maybe Drew is either that buffer between uh, Brock and Roman again, or you know he's he's a guy that they're going to build up a little bit slower. You know he doesn't need to win the Rumble, or maybe maybe two time. Two-time Rumble winner there in, in Drew is, is, is one of those. But yeah, there's no way he's winning this. Big E's going to look good. They're going to shake hands at the end of it and, you know, everyone cheers and goes on happy. Mutual respect. Two big meaty men slapping meat. Done. Before, did you hear my... You're mentioning a two-time Rumble winner. Did you hear my uh, plan for Bianca Belair last week? No, no, I missed this. What was it? It's, I think... Now that they're both on Raw, now that they're both on Raw, it makes it a bit complicated. But I thought Bianca should have been drafted to Raw and Becky should have stayed on SmackDown. That was my plan. Bianca has the match basically won before, you know, the whole triple threat. One person's down because another person's hit the finisher. The third person comes in, kicks the person who hit the finisher out and steals the pin. I thought... I thought Bianca should have went to Raw. Bianca is waiting and waiting to get a hold of Becky Lynch. You know, I had you beaten. Sasha interfered. You cheap-shotted me. I had you beaten again. And, you you know, you threw me out the ring, blah, blah, blah. And then at the Royal Rumble, we have Bianca Belair win the Rumble again. First two-time Women's Royal Rumble winner. She's one of only two people to win a main event. Two women, sorry, to win a WrestleMania main event. Her against Becky Lynch, the other woman, to win a WrestleMania main event for the title. I think that could be... That could have been great, but now they're both on Raw, so they'll probably fight at TLC in December. So. Yeah, more than likely. More than likely. I mean, it'd be great to hold them off to Mania uh, because, again, that's that's a big... Yeah, that, just them two on their own is a, is a big pay-per-view match without any interference. And... I guess this is the the WWE unpredictable streak, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, you threw Sasha in the mix, but now everyone's kind of like, oh, we're all jumping brands and that. So, yeah, that that's the unpredictability of it all. But yeah, I think that yeah be an interesting idea. I it's like the other year when when Bailey was champ and you know and and I thought she was going to swerve Sasha for so long. I thought Sasha could win the Rumble and they'd be like, right now I've got you. But obviously, that didn't happen due to injuries and things like that. 
yeah, unfortunately. So, honestly, Crown Jewel, I, I am really looking forward to. I think the fact that we have pay-per-views with crowds again is amazing. You know, it's going to be a stadium full of fans. Yeah, it's going to be great to look at, isn't it? It's going to be a brilliant thing to see. Sorry, I was coughing there, listeners. It's a stadium full of fans who haven't had live wrestling in nearly two years. We're coming up for two years since the last time there was a Saudi pay-per-view. Yeah, it's pretty wild, isn't it? Honestly, it is absolutely wild, and I'm quite looking forward to it. Looking forward to Dynamite tonight. Looking forward to the King of the Ring and the Queen's Crown on Friday and seeing how those tournaments play out. And I'm looking forward to next week to seeing how wrong I was about everything I predicted. Tonight, <laughs> yeah, it's always good to see how wrong you are. <laughs> if you would like to listen to past times I've been wrong, eSleep Suplex Retweet on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify and Android. And of course, if you like to tell me I'm wrong, eSleep Suplex Retweet at Suplex Retweet. Sorry, I should say. There you go. Wrong again. At Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Stop Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. I can't help it. Eat, sleep, suplex, retweet community if you want to get involved in the conversation. Thank you very much, John, for joining us. Pleasure, my friend. I'm Ross McLeod. I'm hoping to have a lozenge and a better throat next week. And then I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGrobby. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retreat, East Meets West where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check out on the Eat, Seek, Suplex, Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now. Sports Social Podcast Network.